On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got the pleasure of talking to two Brian's from Alabaster Co. Really, really cool company. They're in the Christian space. They make artful Bibles. And so it's a really cool company. I loved hearing about what they're doing in the space. For anyone who's in a particular niche, I think that you're really going to enjoy this episode and some of the things that they did to grow. They've grown into you know quite a substantial company really based on producing books. And so just a conversation I hadn't had with somebody in the faith space for a long time. So I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this one. At Mindful Marketing, we know that you want your brand to be successful. In order to do that, though, you need to predictably acquire new customers. The problem is Facebook and Google are only getting more expensive, which makes you feel unsure of whether your brand will survive. We believe that building a community of loyal and repeat customers is the answer. We understand how hard it is to predictably grow a brand, which is why we have created a system using our own mid-seven-figure e-commerce brand as a test case. And here's how we do it. Number one, we execute a profitable ads strategy. Number two, we build a brand-owned loyal base of repeat customers. And number three, we grow exponentially, predictably, and consistently. So download our free sales launch checklist at mindfulmarketing.co slash SLC so you can stop having sales that bomb and instead grow your revenue predictably and exponentially. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Twitter, Snapchat, anything for paid media to drive the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to build you a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. Go to mindfulmarketing.co for more information. Now on to today's episode. I have two Brian's with me here. They're going to be talking about their brand, their story. I'm really looking forward to this. Let's start with uh, Brian with an I. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys do. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks so much for having us. So a little bit about me. My name is Brian. My co-founder, his name is also Brian, but spelt differently. So with a Y, we have similar last names, Chung and Yi Chung. So hopefully that's not too confusing for your listeners. <laughs> I think they love it. I have a feeling. <laughs> but I am one of the co-founders. We're both the co-founders of a brand called Alabaster. Alabaster is a faith-based publishing company. We're most well-known for our Bibles that look more like coffee table books art books, lifestyle magazines. And so a little bit of sort of the backstory of that. Some might be surprised, but I didn't grow up religious at all. I grew up in a Buddhist household, but I think halfway through, I just was like, I'm a spiritual person. And that's me. I didn't really practice anything religious. Heading into college was my first time exploring faith and Christianity. I became a Christian in college. And I remember my first time getting a Bible as a Christian. It was this dark purple, black leather Bible. The first couple pages were like things to fill out. It was about the translation of the Bible. Some texts were in red, others were in black. I didn't know what that meant at that time. The text was really small. It was really condensed. And on top of that, it was on really thin paper. And so for me, I was really excited to like read it, but I was just like, whoa, this is just different than any other product or book that I had experienced. And so sitting next to me was my marketing textbook and it was designed like a lifestyle magazine. And for the first time in college or is it university, uni? 
I'm not sure in Canada, but for the first time, I felt excited to read my college textbook. And I just thought, could the Bible be designed differently? I didn't do anything about that at the time. It was like 10 or 11 years later, I'm having a conversation with Brian about art and faith, things that we're both passionate about, and we're wanting to do something about it. And that's where I shared about my story, my first experience with the Bible. And, and sorry, this was 10, 10 years later. Yes, 10 years later. Okay, yep. okay yep. cool. Yeah. I love and, how ideas uh, like percolate like that, right? You get this idea and you can still look back on that time where you're like, I knew that that was like, that there was something there in that. Yes, yes. I thought about doing something, but I think for me, having a partner really helped catapult me to like us to actually execute it out. So I had a full-time job. I was in Christian nonprofit work. The other brand was just about to graduate and we decided, hey, let's launch a Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding platform. And so we put it up. Looking back, we pretty much did everything wrong. If you think about like what our <laughs> Kickstarter best practices, like lead generation, like, yeah, you know, building yeah, yeah. hype, we didn't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> we told just some of our close friends, you know, we had put an email list together of just our friends. We put it out there and immediately it just started getting attention, some national media attention. And then uh, we were able to was, raise double. Was Good this part. from like Christian media or was this just like, Regular media. No. I, I don't know what else. Regular, to say. Media. Like, regular, regular media. Regular media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the Huffington Post um, was one of the bigger ones that wrote about us, and then we had just some. You know, it was like the Daily Trojan, which is the University of Southern California's like school newspaper wrote about us. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was just shared amongst our network and our friend. And so this little side project turned into something a little bit bigger than that. So that was in 2016. We shipped out product in 2017. 2018 was when we decided, could we like take this into an actual business? And Brian and I decided to leave our jobs in 2019 and go full time with Alabaster. So that's a little bit about our story and our background. And uh, Brian, if you want to share a little bit more about your story. Yeah, no, Brian pretty much covered it, but uh, I grew up in LA and I've never left. Uh, I grew up in Torrance by the beach, so I didn't go surfing too much, but I did grow up by the ocean. And then, yeah, like Brian said, we met in college. I think similarly, I was studying film in school and animation, and so was always interested in art and then was also part of a yeah Christian group on campus. But, you know, those parts of me always felt separate. Like I would like lead a Christian event and then like go to studio till like 3 a.m. in the morning and just be working. But, you know, those parts of my life were pretty separate. And so I think I was very curious in thinking about ways to intersect those things better, become more integrated. And yeah, uh, go for it. I love it. I just think that it's such a cool... It's, it's such a cool product that you guys came upon here in our generation, our, us, you know, being millennials. And I feel like there's been a big, you know, for, for people who don't know this podcast, because it's not something I ever talk about. I grew up as a Christian in Canada and it's a little different here in Canada. We were talking about this before, like there is no cultural Christianity right? Uh, maybe in the city, actually the city that I live in Abbotsford, I think we have like the most churches per capita, like in North America, but that's about it. Just where like right where I am in Canada in general, it's just not, we just don't have the same kind of thing as in the States. We're just not culturally Christian. And so it's, it's, amazing. This product that you guys have created that blends, I think a lot of people look at a book like the Bible and are like, what does that have to do with me? Like that has nothing to do with where I'm at right now. I don't want to like, why would I want to take this big, boring old book and read it? And it seems like what you guys have done is you've breathed life back into the way that we read, right? And made it culturally relevant. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think 
Yeah, for us, I mean, you're right that America does have a culturally Christian background. But even within that, I think you see a lot of different kind of cultures of Christianity come out of that. And so for us, I think, you know, we were really inspired by like kind of old quote unquote beauty movements within the Christian space. Like if you think about the Renaissance or like cathedrals in Europe and stained glass windows, like that was a huge part of Christian culture. And I think uh, in America and kind of as you saw Christian history go on, that like love for beauty, that love for art within a faith context kind of died off. And so I think for us really thinking about, yeah, the millennial generation, uh, even Gen Z, like younger people caring about art, caring about beauty, caring about these things, right? If you think about like even the fact that everyone today is a content creator, like everyone has a phone and takes pictures and writes blog posts, things like that. And so we thought, oh, that's really interesting. Like we feel like culture is moving in a direction of creativity and art. And how could we bring that cultural relevance to something as historic as the Bible? And so, Mm. yeah, that kind of integration of this very ancient text and something that we feel like culture is really moving towards, art, creativity, beauty, the, the intersection of those things was something that we were really interested in exploring. Love it. Let's talk about marketing, guys. Where are you guys seeing in your particular niche? Where are you guys seeing the most results marketing-wise? That's a great question. So initially, when we first started, we had no idea how to do marketing at all. And so we were very bootstrappy. It was like, send 100 emails to our friends, ask them to share. Or can you refer us to anyone that would be interested in in us sharing about our product? Since then, we've gotten a little bit more sophisticated. (laughs) So, you know, email, SMS, digital marketing. I would say today, a good majority comes from our digital marketing. And we have been investing a lot more in email and SMS marketing. We found over the past year, that's where it has been the highest percentage growth of sales coming from email and SMS. And so we've just been investing more in that. And then we've also been thinking a lot about just how can we use content as sort of just good organic marketing. We just sort of put some blog posts out there just because these are the things that we've been thinking about as just artists and creatives in the faith-based space. And people loved it so much so that they wanted us to print a book. It was free online, but they wanted us to to print a book on it and actually buy it. And so I think for us, we've been also thinking about how can we continue to create content as also a means of of marketing moving forward. I love that. Are there influencers in the Christian space like this, like that you guys are working with? Like, I I just, I don't really know. Is that a thing? That's a great question pastors? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So I would say, gosh, in 2017, 2018, I think, you know, as you think about like Instagram influencers, things weren't as saturated as it was today. And so one of the things that we did was we looked at our, the people that followed us on Instagram. And just anyone over 2,500 followers, we would just message them and say, hey, can we send you a book for you to post about it? I would say that helped fuel a lot of our growth earlier on for a very, very little cost. Today- Let's, sorry, just one sec. Let's just stop there for a sec. Yeah. Such a simple idea and such a brilliant idea. I know that, uh, I don't know if you were doing this manually before, but Caro, an app Mm -hmm. uh, free, Mm -hmm. or uh, I think they're actually a sales channel in Shopify actually does this for you for free. You just plug all your data in and they'll tell you who your top followers are. And it's like the simplest, like most free thing that you can do to get out there. So I I just wanted to stop and highlight that for a second, because it's just like, 
if you're listening to this podcast, pause, go do that and then come back and listen because <laughs> it's just so easy. <laughs> yes. I think, you know, it's a lot easier to get influencers if they already know about you, if they already like you. And so finding the people that already follow you and just asking them to be influencers really helped us earlier on. Today, we found the people that have really helped us grow have been not specifically Christian influencers, but people in the home space. And so people who are doing like, here's my living room design, or here I'm touring some Airbnbs, that has actually been really effective for us. And so not what I expected at first, like you think, oh, you make a Bible, all Christians who like have X amount of followers would be the best. But I think for us, we found that people who love art and creativity and designing their space and so happen to be Christian have been really great advocates for us and our brand. Interesting. Are they all Christians, the ones who are who you're working with? Yes, yes. They would identify themselves as Christian. Okay. Um, Interesting. Because yeah. I, I would think that there'd be a lot of like the pluralistic sort of people, you know, that maybe don't know what they believe, but love beauty and art and will take a little bit from here and from there would also be interested. Is, is that, am I off there, do you think? Or I think a majority, you know what, I would say as we're designing our product, one thing that was really important for us was that like people who are Christian would love it, but also people who aren't religious would say, hey, hey like this is a really great product. And so I might not necessarily agree with anything or the things in here, but you just made an excellent design product. And so that was our hope when we first started. I would say a good amount, our, our customers are Christian or identify themselves as Christian, but we do have a handful of folks who aren't religious at all and are just picking up the Bible for the first time. But I would say the people who have become more advocates for the brand would identify themselves as Christians. So, but yeah, that's a great question. I, sorry, I just have so many thoughts on this right now. Like yeah. when, when you brought up Airbnb before, I thought like, it's kind of like the modern day Gideon Bible, you know, like, like you go to a hotel, right. And every yes. single time you open up the hotel, it's got a Gideon Bible in it. I wonder what that would look like as far as partnering. We've with, been approached by hotels. Have you? Yeah. Because I would pick that up immediately. Like, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, and cool. It's like the book of John. Okay. I'll read this. And like, this is a new adaptation. Super cool. It's been super fun seeing screenshot, like our friends going to Airbnbs and taking pictures and just be like, Hey, here's your Bible in this Airbnb that I'm at. So yeah, I absolutely agree. It's like the modern take it in Bible, but Airbnb yeah. style. Well, one of my favorite stories is, yeah, like maybe two years ago, I was staying at an Airbnb in Denver, Colorado, and I saw our Psalms book there. And that was the first time that I saw our book like out in the wild somewhere <laughs> that like wasn't just like a friend's house or something. And it was really oh, cool that yeah, to so see how cool. they, yeah, they put it in this, like they put it on their coffee table book in this room and it was just displayed. I was like, yeah, I was, I had to do a double take because I was like, is that our book? And then it was our book. And it was really cool to experience that. You should have um, signed it. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Left a message. From the writer. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. So guys, where is this going now? Are, have you guys done all the books of the Bible? We have done 14 books of the Bible. Okay. There 66 wow. so there's books. Still, yeah, there's still a long ways to go. So there's still a very long way to go. But yes, I think, you know, in terms of where we think our brand is going, I think, yeah, we, I think to build good brand equity, like we don't want to just be a product brand. And so I think if you look at like really cool brands, 
that people are very loyal to. The one that comes to mind is like Patagonia. Like they all have yeah. that like weird thing or like that thing that people can rally around as a community. And so, you know, for Patagonia, it's like, they don't just make outdoor products. They like care about environmental justice and like advocate for that and everything that they do. And so for us, I think, you know, when we're thinking about like, oh, where's our brand going? How can we continue to build a good community with our brand? I think it's right. It goes back to our quote unquote weird thing, which is like, we are not just, yeah, building a Bible. We're not just a Christian brand, but we're a Christian brand that explores creativity and beauty and the intersection of faith. And so I think, you know, Brian kind of alluded to, we are uh, thinking about other books besides the Bible, like just content books that we're writing that explore those topics, or, you know, we're considering launching candles in a few months, just because, uh, you know, candles have a lot of kind of history within the church as well, but also yeah. can be another way to think creatively about a new type of product. So yeah, as we just think about our brand, we're thinking about how to not only build products, but build a community around the products that we're building. Oh, love it. I love it. I don't know if you guys have listened much to this podcast, but I generally don't go and start rambling off on ideas to people. I generally just ask people, but I'm just so passionate about what you guys are doing that I just think that it's just amazing. Like I, I like, as soon as you start talking about product development, I'm like, I have so many ideas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me sit your on your board. We'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is just awesome guys. What has been the biggest struggle so far? Like, have you guys had pushback from, I, I can imagine like maybe like far right areas of, this is for either Brian, you guys are going to have to figure it, figure this one out. But like, I can imagine there being, you know, there's a lot of like really conservative sects in Christianity, right? Has there been pushback from them or pushback from either side? Of course. So whenever you take something that has a lot of, of meaning, a lot of tradition, and you revamp it, of course, you're going to get people that, that don't like it. I think for us, what's been important is that, you know, we just don't take it personally. I think we think like in any other company or product, you're, you're going to have lovers and you're also going to have haters. Yeah. And, and that's okay. What's important is that I think for us, as we you know think about marketing and business, is we know who our customer is. And yeah. so for us, like we have a clear, defined customer. It's it's a woman between 24 and 35 that loves interior design, that loves reading, and like we know the types of brands that we have. We like have this down to a T. And I think yes, even though we have people who you know see our Facebook ads and maybe are trolling a little bit, you know they're not our customers, so we don't necessarily worry about that. I think what's been important for us is identifying our customer and continuing. To, to love them well, create products for them and create a business that ultimately serves them. That's great. Great answer. I've got the question I ask every single person who comes on this podcast and I want you each to answer individually. So let's start with Brian with a why. What is your secret to scaling? Secret to scaling. I think tell a really good story. So, I mean, you always got to start with why. I think you can't just build a product. You have to build a story around your product. And then I think like Specifically for our brand, I think it's just our commitment to quality. If you think a lot about like Christian companies, they are often uh, perceived as pretty cheesy. Like, you yeah. know, there used to be, a, Brian likes to share this story where like, there used to be this, uh, when MySpace was a thing, there was this uh, shirt that was something called like, God saved MySpace in heaven. It was like a really cheesy shirt or something. Super cheesy. <laughs> yeah. I would not wear it. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think, Christian brands have a rep for those kinds of things. And I think like our hope for our brand is to inspire like something about the opposite, right? Just committing to quality, committing to excellence through a Christian brand. And so I think that's really key for us in scaling our business. 
Awesome. I think I think for me, as I think about like a secret for scaling, I think oftentimes when we talk about our customers, like we want our customers to love our brand, to like you know, yeah, really, really love our brand. But I think for us, we talk about instead is how can we love our customers well, and so like how can we listen to them, take care of them, help them. Every customer service interaction, like the the end goal is for them to feel loved by our brand. And I think as we've done that, we found that in return, the customer starts loving us. And so I would say that's been our secret sauce is like, love the customer, love the customer well. And we found in turn, they will love us. Great. Love it, guys. This is going to be a little bit different than normal, but uh, we're going to move on to our lightning round here. I'm going to start with uh, Brian with an I. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? One password. So many passwords I need to memorize. One password locks it all down for me. I use it every day and I could not live without it. Awesome. And Brian with a Y, favorite tool or app? I like Notion. The Oh, yes. Yeah. It's very customizable, which I think is really cool. Um, I can imagine I for, for somebody who's a little bit artistically minded too, that Notion is nice for storing things, right? It's nice for storing things. It's nice. It's, it's fun because, yeah, you can just kind of build it how you want. And I really enjoy that about it. Yeah. Awesome. Do you guys use that for like collaboration or for, or is that just for like taking notes? Notion is just for me. If you want to talk about my second favorite tool, we really like Basecamp and we use Basecamp as kind of like our collaboration tool. I mean, there's so many good tools out there. I mean, I'm involved in so many organizations that I literally feel like I use every single one of these tools (laughs) in collaboration, like Basecamp. I've got one project right now that's on Basecamp. Monday is the main one that we use for stuff. And then 10 billion different Slack communities, like... Yes. <laughs> and they all have their place. Sure. They all have their yeah, place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Okay. Second question for you guys. I'm going to start with Brian with a Y. What is your favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Oh, podcast or audiobook. I listen to The Daily, which is like from the New York Times. It's just, yeah, it's yeah, politics. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. A lot going on in America. And then I listen to Tim Ferriss a lot, who's an entrepreneur. I love Tim Ferriss so much. I really like, I feel like a lot of us wouldn't be here without Tim Ferriss, you know, or in this sort of position. He really changed the game, right? Like when he wrote for our work week, it was like, oh, all, and I mean, none of us are working for our work weeks, but it's like thinking of all these possibilities of like what a modern business can look like uh, was, yeah, transformational. And what, and just, I mean, the guy just goes so deep on everything. Um, yeah, great answer. Brian with an eye. I love Oh yeah. I was going to add, I love when yeah. Tim is interviewed by other podcasters. I just feel like I get like a, you know, a different side to him or a different like nugget. So did, did you I listen to his one with, with Dax Shepard and Brene Brown? No. Oh, but that sounds amazing. That it was like podcast gold, just absolute gold. So like the three, yeah, I mean, Brene Brown's incredible. Dax Shepard has his thing, you know, like, I feel like he adds a lot, a lot to the, to the conversation. It was, it's on Brene Brown's podcast. So I recommend it to everybody listening to this. Uh, sorry, Brian with an I, what's your uh, favorite podcast right now that you're listening to? I'll add something different. I love Land of Giants. And so what it talks about are some of the big giant brands. So they, Netflix, Amazon, yeah. uh, right now they're going through YouTube, not YouTube, Google, and just the story behind it and how they became a giant in the tech world. Cool. Cool. Land of Giants. I'm going to listen to that one. I like that. I've been looking for something new. I've got one last question for each of you here. If you could sit down with, and we'll start with Brian with an I, if you could sit down with anybody, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, whatever it is, they have to be alive for an hour. Who would it be? That's a fantastic question. Elon Musk. 
Why? I know. I know. It's, <laughs> why is it's, the other, it's why is predictable. Because it's, it's, it's too easy. <laughs> it's just too easy. So I know. Easy. I should I know. say anybody but, like, but Elon. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I love about Elon, okay? He, you know, billionaire that people love. Like, you think of all the other billionaires, and there's all these, like, bad PR about them. People have, like, negative things. Elon Musk has a real loyal following. Like, he has a community around him, the community around Tesla and everything that he builds. I would just love to learn from him. He also doesn't care or on the outside, money isn't his thing. Like it's yes. not like he's the richest man in the world, but like the quote, it was the greatest thing when somebody tweeted him, Hey, Elon, you're the richest man in the world. He's like, okay, cool. Back to work. Like, <laughs> like he yes. doesn't care. <laughs> like, Oh, I love that. Brian, what is your answer? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say I, Elon Musk is a good answer. <laughs> I will say the Patagonia founder. I'm going to tie it back to Patagonia. Yvonne Chenard, I think is how you pronounce it. Yes. I mean, yes. I think Patagonia is just the gold standard of brand building. So it'd be really interesting to hear his story. It's incredible. Uh, I live fairly close to Whistler. And so we go there quite often. And in Whistler, you have like, you know, every big brand you can think of down the, like in the village. And I don't know what it is. It's not like they make clothes that are better than like Arcteryx beside them or like all the other brands, but you're just drawn to Patagonia and their mission and you want to be like, it's like, yeah, I'm a Patagonia. I'm that kind of guy like that really cares. They've done something right where they really draw you in to their story. And uh, yeah, great answer. Yeah, he'd be a, um, an amazing person to chat with. Thanks guys. I kind of want to just keep talking, but we're done. So <laughs> where can people find out more about you guys and more about your company? <laughs> you can find us at alabasterco.com or find us on Instagram, alabaster underscore co. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. Really, really appreciate your time today. Thank thanks you. for having us, Jordan. This was fun. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.